Check, check, check. One, two, one to the two, one to the two, 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 two. Hey, right. Scotty, what's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. And now we kick it. This is, this is not regulation. Checking it rectally. Rectum is a fun word. It is a fun word. It's more fun than anus. I know, because it just has this connotation of something that could kill you. Like rectum. Oh, bad. Like Wreck it, Riley. Yeah, like if we were starting to call him Rectum Riley. That would be funny. That would be different. By the way, chapter 22 of the Audio Fun Bag podcast, all brought to you by Norman's Electronics and Hard Ice Vodka Freezies. There we go. We're good. N-E-I-S-U-S-A. Did I go that too fast? Yeah, a little bit. NEIUSA.com for Norman's Electronics. Check them out. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to mail this show in. I get it. We've had a long week. I am tired. Is is it something weird about this week? It's just been kind of... I feel like when the time we finish off the show at 7 o'clock, I start working on the next show when I get the kids down right around 8.45, 9 o'clock, and that just is not going as well. Like I think I'm finally hitting my wall topically on what I've come up with to do. And I, I still have some decent ideas. I want to do the I want to do the teen slasher story. I'm gonna do that right here. You know, let's waste it right here on the podcast. Oh good. So like eight people will hear it. I think there's two parts to this. One, we got Memorial Day coming up, so I think everybody's kind of ready for that. Two, I think everybody's missing out on vacation. Like everybody was supposed to have a vacation by now. Right. Does that make sense? It, like total if it's sense. if it's your winter break vacation or if it's just a random trip to Mexico or Europe or China or wherever, everybody was supposed to have at least one after New Year's already planned and already done and nobody's had that. In fact, we've had the opposite of a vacation. We've had like straight quarantine with the damn kids and your wife in the house. That's not a vacation. No, that's the opposite. Everyone who tried to turn it into, oh, it's a staycation and we'll do some work. No. Oh shit, I shot dip everywhere. Yeah, you sure did. (laughs) So, John Kincaid this morning and then again in the afternoon asked, hey, have you been to the gym lately? Because uh, our gym opened up this week, and he made it a point to get back in there because he wants to to you know as he's been joking around about it, it's his it's his corona weight he's trying to to get it off. For me, I flat out told him, John, I got a wife who's working at home full time right now, and probably will be until August. And the biggest killjoy for trying to get a conference call done or anything else is two kids. So I'm at home in the in the mornings having to kind of play romper room and keep them doing their own thing and then at that point about 10:45 rolls around and I'm like I can't wait to escape to work. I just I come up here so that I can then have a little bit of a, a regular day. Let's go back to something cuz first John always says every day before pandemic after pandemic he goes to the gym. What do you visualize when you think of John Kincaid at the gym? A lot of <laughs> I kind of want to think about all the awkward cardio machines. Be careful because he listens to this. No, podcast. no, I'm not. I'm not trying to be insulting. I would think that he gets on stuff that's low impact. Stairmaster, stairmaster, <laughs> things along those lines, and, and and goes at it, and then gets on some light weights. And and this is where I can't hate on him. And what do you think about people that do the stairmaster and the elliptical? I've become that person, though. Oh, no. I am that person. You don't judge them? I judge the hell no, out I'm of them. Fine I don't with even it. go to the but, gym. But that's where that's where I look at John and realize I'm doing that now. Like, I am that guy. I stopped running regularly because it was starting to beat up my knees and my ankles and my feet. And I started, you know, 
Who else gets gets plantar fasciitis? That thing hurt like a son of a bitch for like four months, so I had to find something else to do to not take that pounding. But I want you to instead... All right, Mark Zeno, what do you think he does at the, Mark, at the gym? Mark goes over to growl and lift <laughs> weights and throw stuff around and, and, and get ready for the next time he's called upon to kill terrorists. Now, I want you to replace the image you have of Zeno and put John Kincaid in that image. Like, he's flipping tires and working on the bench. I can't see any of that. No, and it'd be hilarious. I would wonder if we could ever do this from a social media perspective. I see Kincaid doing a spin class. I see Mark like lifting other benches that people are benching on. I would do a spin class. I would love to go do a yoga class. Uh, yoga's fun. It's not too much. Have you ever done yoga? I have. Back when... Okay, so back... When was the last time I actually looked decent? Your wedding, and for like the next year, you, were, you had it going. Ding, ding, ding. So it was the wedding... And it was leading up to the wedding, and we were doing, Lisa and I both, credit to her, we were doing 5 a.m. to 6.30 workouts with a personal trainer because, hey, these pictures are going to last maybe not your whole life, but at least like as long as your marriage lasts. And so we were like, let's look as good as we can in them. I would come into work, and you had already showered and had your workout for the day. Uh Uh-huh. And then normally I'd get a second workout because I was trying to look better than her, which I think I did on my wedding day, but... Pretty competitive, but she looked great. There were other things that, like, there were things that I did that I was like, that would never actually make an impact. Oh, my God, did it ever. Like, there was a class I took one time, and it was, there was a beat going on, and there was a leader at the front, and basically it was just steps and, like, light weights. Like, you get tens. Right. But instead of, like, doing your max outs, everything was reps, and you were repping benches with tens. And these were free weights, but just tens, but you were doing, like, a 100 and by the time you were getting done, you're, remember when you used to do burnouts in high school and you'd be left with a 45-pound bar and you're like just struggling to even get it the was, bar it, up at it, the it, end? It was the end where you realized, I am the weakest man alive and it's just a bar. It was a terrible, terrible feeling. But yeah, that's not how I envision John Kincaid <laughs> working out. Do you think we can get Caitlin? Because So him and I belong to the same gym. I would love to show him five different machines that he's never used and see how he would use them. I would prefer somebody put us through some sort of dynamic workout and see how well that would go. Where we have to do a multitude of things. Because I would, I would probably be in his boat. I would be looking around going... Oh, that elliptical looks pretty good over there. I think I'm going to go and do that. And then after I do that, I'll probably shoot some hoops and uh, maybe get on a little machine. I don't I don't lift heavy or do any of that stuff anymore. You ever been intimidated going to the gym like ever in your life? You can go all the way back to 8th or ninth grade when we started doing weight training in high school. Probably that time and then a little while into college. I hate the intimidation factor at the gym. Especially like at the Gold's gyms where everybody was roiding out like Nick and Chris were there. And just, <laughs> they're just, oh, seeing how purple they could turn their skin yeah. with... with with the uh, over overuse of, uh, of of sun tanning products and steroids, I enjoy going to more of a a fitness center or something like that, where it's men in their fifties and sixties, and they've got moles, and you can see them in the showers and the weight rooms and everything else, and they're they're they're, they're much overweight and makes you feel better about yourself. I've realized, and this is when I told you about how in in college, in in college I showed up, and there were guys that. It's such a big difference, and I get it when we talk about it from football. My strength showing up in college at like 18 to 19, and then the guys on the team that were 22, and they'd been in the program for three, four years, how much bigger, stronger, everything they were, that was that intimidation point of, man. Like, But you get there when you start making it your life. But you also see the results when it is your life, when it's an athletic endeavor or whatever, it's college. You see the results either on the field or post-workouts or post-performance. 
if it's just abs that I'm shooting for, man, I don't care about abs that much. You could put all the work in. Like, if you're talking turning a single into an extra base hit, okay, now we're talking. You know what the problem is? We're talking about abs. You could work. Daddy don't need that. You could work your core as hard as possible for the next three months, and you could have the strongest core around. The problem with abs is that if you overbuild them and you're not skinny, you just look fatter. (laughs) You just because they protrude out what you already have on. It's like, listen, it's already pushing the padding further. I I could lift a car with these abs, but you know what? Because of what's kind of around them, doesn't look right. I normally have this thing where we go to the beach. And I'll try to work out for like two weeks right before we go to the beach thinking that'll help. Like it's like brushing your teeth the day before you go to the dentist and oh, you think like, no cavities. I'll floss before. They won't know any different. <laughs> I try to do the same thing. I've even given up on that. We're going to the beach in like three weeks and I'm like, nope, I'm not even going right, to. Whatever. It is what it is at this point. What's the difference between being morbidly obese and just obese? I think morbidly would be like another 25 pounds. <laughs> well, I'm on my way. Like, there. if you were to shoot for how big can I get before the beach, I, wouldn't that just be kind of counter to what you were doing? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you shake that thing? Nope. That's nope. just straight bourbon, huh? Well, yeah, that's, that's what you had. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how that goes when right. you partake in such things. Uh, I want to finish up with this because I wrote it down on the sheet, and that ob- obligates me to take care of this. Yeah, because we always go by what's on the sheet. Victoria's Secret closing 250 stores. That that took a uh, took a little shot out of you. You you kind of we've talked about it in the podcast before about going in lingerie shopping. Now you're gonna have to figure out a different way to do this thing. So it's gonna be very limited stores, which may be better for everybody in general because you don't have the awkwardness of going in. I always ask people when I go in, "Hey, I'm looking for this or I'm wanting this," and then you. You feel the material and with your hands, and then you smell it and see if it smells good and things like that. You don't have to go through the awkward judging of smelling it anymore, but how am I going to get my help? Like, I don't understand that. How do I get my help now? Is there somebody online on VictoriaSecrets.com that can, oh, your wife is this size and she's into this? Here, let me take you to this aisle. You can't secret shop anymore. Like, you're going to have to take your wife on these things. And to me, I think that's actually the deflector shield that I need. You know what I miss more than anything, though, and this brings it up, and Lisa and I were actually talking about this. I miss brick-and-mortar stores. Like, they're just going... She brought it up. She's like, you know, maybe... Because we always talk about post-pandemic, what's it going to be like? What's going to change? Is the DH going to be here? Is it not going to be here? Blah, blah, blah. That's right before y'all have sex. Right. This the universal DH really talk. what turns her on right now. She's like, oh, tell me more about the uh, soft-hitting lefty who's in the lineup. Mulleter should have never made it in the Hall <laughs> of Fame. Now she's just wet and... yeah. Eddie Murray was so great for his time. <laughs> Don't get her started. Take your pants off. <laughs> Don't get her started at Edgar Martinez. But she was talking about like the mall is going away. The general mall itself, whether it's Perimeter Mall or we've got one up in Kennesaw. I think it's Kennestone Mall. It's going away and no one wants to go there anymore. Like the Avalon shops, the outside ones, those are cool as hell and those are going to live on at least for as we know it. But is the indoor mall going away? To me, there's a nostalgia with a mall. I, she hates going to a mall. She will do all our Christmas shopping on Amazon and be done by November 26th. I need to go into a mall. I need to see everything. I need to put my hands on it. It generates ideas for me. Just walking through a mall, ooh, that's a good idea, and that can lead to this and this. I love malls. Is it that I love malls, or is it a throwback to my nostalgia of we were high school and we would just walk through these things and kill time? The indoor mall has been falling apart for 20 years it's just the nature of it now everybody kind of wants the outdoor experience the walk around the hey i'm 
Look at me as I exercise, and then I have a glass of Chardonnay out on this patio, and then I'll go do my shopping over here. Because JCPenney just filed for bankruptcy, correct? Yes. And they're like the staple. They hold down like one, they anchor down one corner of the mall, basically. So what is going on is my wife used to cover this much more when when she was uh, writing for the magazine she was and was the editor-in-chief of it. Penthouse. Yes. They cover retail. (laughs) Penthouse retail. (laughs) What was happening is the industry was changing into the in-store experience that what can we deliver you that makes it worth you coming out and not just buying my stuff online what what can we offer you that is special can i give you a prime example sharper image to me at the mall i always whenever we'd pass a sharper image i had to walk in there if i bought it if i didn't i had to sit in the vibrating chair or see the What's the little the drones that they had or anything else? That's the kind of store Something, that lures yeah. me in. Uh, or or an interactive experience where I'm going to go into a store and I'm going to have somebody who's specialty shopping with me. Apple Store. Apple Store is the same concept. Well, the problem is, is now we've hit this era where you have these people that have been scared into doing nothing, especially in confined places. So instead... That's where retail is having a hard time because what they were looking to use is something people don't want to indulge in for however long but until I, they feel better. I love that part of the I mall. Agree. That, and I agree. I love the little, the little, what are the little things in the middle of the mall that don't actually have a house? They're like the, No, they're like the homeless people. Mall rats. Sitting in the middle. They're the little carts. They're not even supposed to be there, but they're selling like cell phone covers. Oh, yeah. The, or the, they want to give you like an Asian massage right in the middle of the mall. Yeah, which they'll is, actually sit you on the chair and for 20 bucks. Sir, would you like to come over here? Would you like to come over here? Oh, okay, sure. 20 bucks. My wife is shopping. Yeah, I'll do this for 30 minutes. Here's 40 bucks. Let's go. I love the mall. It's but, different. It's, it's totally different. There was always that massage bed, too, that would just spray water on your back. But I don't remember were, ever having that. You were covered in a blanket, but it would spray water on your back like a massage. I'm going to miss the mall if it goes away. Did you ever routinely or at any point in your life ever have like uh, any kind of memberships like a Massage Envy or Spa Sadel or anything along those lines? Are they memberships? I didn't know they had memberships. Yeah, you can you can pay for because my wife got me one for uh, like a birthday probably about a, a decade ago, seven or eight years ago. And it was cool because once a month I could just show up, schedule a time, and it was, it was my account had already paid for it. If I missed a month, then I would just go and do two in this month or whatever. And so I could just pick out, you know, go run a lot, felt banged up, uh, you know, had had a baseball tournament. Let me schedule it for Monday. And so I would go on a routine basis. I've never had one of those. I didn't even know those existed, actually. Oh, yeah, they're cool. I've always wanted to go into a, you know, those massage parlors. Oh. I've always wanted to just go into them just to see, like, not to get the act done itself. But just to see what is happening in there, like, do they, do you go into a special room? Just the menu pricing? Is, is that what you, you just want the experience? Pa- I just wanted to know what the hell goes on in there, and so I've always been curious. Like, again, there was one right down the street from us when we lived in Lawrenceville, and you knew what it was. There was one right down the street from me when I lived in Alpharetta, and everybody knew, because everyone would share about it on message boards of, oh, that's right next to the gas station. It's shady as hell. You would park in the Ingalls parking lot, apparently, and walk over, because you didn't want your car in front of the massage parlor. No, you could never have it at best <laughs> massage number four. So you'd pick up whatever from Ingalls, and then just happen to walk over. But I always just wanted to walk in and see, like, do they greet you and immediately, like, HJ is $10, BJ is $25. Like, how does it, is, is it like the varsity where there's a little sign, a placard behind them that just has everything labeled out for the price and everything else? I would imagine that there's some sort of 
private contracting going on. I don't think that they leave it up like a McDonald's. <laughs> That's you know? what I'm wondering. Like, like here, I mean, it's like the digital board changes over. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> law enforcement walks in and it just flips over into like nail polish, but then it flips back over into hand job. Yeah, I I don't imagine that it works but exactly like that. But I'm still curious to this day, like what it's like in there. When I turned 18, the first thing we did, there was a, a an adult store that sold videos and magazines in San Antonio. We'd always pass by it, and it was like the one in town. So we did Starship when we turned 18. That's where we went because it was a curiosity factor. Now my curiosity does not go into Asian massage parlor. Go get you know the. The craft treatment, oh, but oh, but I would I wouldn't. There's a part of me that would go. How do they handle that transaction? I don't want to ever be in jail, but I wonder what it would be like spending one night in jail. Like my my mind just happens to drift over there again. Don't want to go to jail, but I'm just curious. Do you remember? We were curious about the forbidden. Kind of yes. Do you remember? All right, we all had blockbuster videos. Did you have like a neighborhood video store that was not a chain rental? Early on, yeah. There was okay. a couple small ones. There was one in Lilburn, and then it had the room with beads over the doorway, and that was the, the X-rated room. The adult content. And so before we were 18, you know, you would sneak in there thinking like, oh, what is going on here? And instead you're like, all right, it's just a bunch of blacked out videos with just names on them. But I was always curious about what was going on in those back rooms. All right, coming up next. And now we just have the internet and it ruins it. Suns, stadiums, get you some. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. All right, your last piece of audio. I saved the best for last. Wow. This yeah. is uh, <laughs> this is Buck Baloo. And I was working with Buck uh, one day, probably about seven or eight months ago. And there was a story of a, a boxer that we all know who had passed away. And Buck decided to take it a certain direction. And we're going to lead with some very sad news. Purnell Sweet P. Whitaker, world title Hall of Fame boxer, hit by a car in Virginia Beach last night, passes away at 55 years young. That was one of those guys that 20 years ago in boxing, every big event involved him. He was that good of a defensive fighter. He was a professional boxer from 1984 to 2001, and I don't believe anybody's hit him flush yet. No. Well, besides the car. No. Baker Mayfield in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Audio Fun Bag Podcast, Episode 22, Chapter 2, all brought to you by Norman's Vodka Hard Ice Freezies. That's not anywhere close. It's Shit. Norman's Electronics ah. Hard Ice Vodka Freezies. But I got the first part right with Episode 22. One of my local places in coming went in there because I have to like pick up vodka regularly. Yeah. That and wine in our house. And they had the Hard Ice Vodka Freezies right there. And I, I pointed at them. I go... I'm so glad you have those. She kind of looked at me like I was a little crazy, like, why would you care that we're carrying those? If you're new to the podcast, it's an Otter Pop with alcohol. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> How about that? Just like, just holding on to it is one of the biggest party novelties. Like, everyone will look at you thinking, what the hell is that? If you're out on the lake, 
Buy it before you go out on the lake. It is like the perfect companion for any kind of lake fun. Well, that's what I was going to say. I saw our buddy Barrett Salee last weekend was up at the lake. I was like, oh, I should have hooked Barrett up with some of that. Should have made that happen. But I think we only have like one or two left in the freezer because people keep just jacking them from well, us now. buy some more. I know, but I just kind of like the fact that we're... This is the one thing when we do this podcast... That well, we get to have a freezy. We're allowed to have and partake in this sort of stuff at work. We need to get a gummy sponsor. And then we pop our gummies right before we come on because David, it's sponsored by a weed dealership. You no, know, actually, we need to find CBD gummies. That's the key. Yeah, that's what I said. That's that's the direction we need to go. And a cocaine company. So I wanted to bring this up with you. Brought to you by Pablo, Mister Mister Cocaine. Um, Never done coke. Ohio State University has been pushing. As I give you the the sports segment thing. Oh H. I O has been pushing the idea of of twenty to fifty thousand people in the stadium, and this is what we're gonna do. And I, I can't get this out of my mind. I was talking with a, a, a friend of mine's mom, who was a works at a hospital, was telling me all the war stories of what they had gone on, and then you know she she took the leave of absence uh, for a little while to because her husband's high risk and it had this whole explanation of what had gone on and you know hey we lost a nurse and we had this and we had this and you kind of got an idea of what it's been for the for those frontline workers doing that work and one of the things she flat out told me we were talking about you know we, we, we drive down the curve we're now going to have this thing around here longer because that's the nature of how these viruses go and and this is how it's going to play out and she just told me she goes we're all going to get it it's like we're all going to get it. She, it's an, it's the nature of, of of these types of things. She's like, it, you know, the flu, the common cold, whatever. She's like, we're all going to get it. She goes, the question is, what is available to you when you do, and what is your age group, and what's your health factor, and everything else? Yeah, it's, and it's a matter of when you get it too. Like right. during every the timeline we're basically going down. If you got it two months ago, hey, you effed most likely. We've got a little bit more in in the quivers here. Yeah. Well, so the idea of it is I kept starting to ponder it is, man, for everyone like like Aggie, Aggie's weird. I, I was telling you about Aggie. To hear from their... Texas A&M, those... Texas A&M, Not everybody knows Aggies. Aggie. Yeah, Aggie's a strange bird. To hear their athletic director, Ross Bjork, just say, oh, no, we're planning on full stadiums, and we'll make adjustments off of that. I think that's much more optimistic than doing the, I'm going to do empty stadiums. And ultimately, when I say... Sun stadiums and get you some. If we're all going to get it, <laughs> at least let's start building some immunity with younger people. There's two points to this. One, and I, I've asked a lot of people this, and I've asked you this, I think, but if we had an entire college football season, everybody comes back, everything is normal, and one college athlete dies because of COVID and we came back. Statistically, that would be a, a really bad anomaly, but it would be an anomaly. Do we have the season? Yeah, and and that's and that's the great that's the crazy part. But you, that's what it, we have college football players that die every single year mm-hmm. from different stuff. I, I, yeah, and they're they're all tragedies. Whether you know guys that you know, suffer from mental illness or they have some sort of some of them go home and and get themselves into trouble. It's just there's always something that's horrible. Well, we saw it with DJ Durkin last year. Yeah, and and what happened with that? And and that's I think the first question you kind of have to ask is there is risk involved and. These are guys that aren't getting paid. And, and as much as I love the system of college football and don't ever want to see it changed, damn, to tell somebody that's not getting paid that you may have to, quote, go out and risk your life, that's a that's a difficult... And, 
and I know risk your life is is a it's relative by the numbers. It is. I go by the numbers and say yes, you have a you have a greater than zero chance of dying. But oh, by the way, just by the numbers, you have a. I mean, it's almost two tenths of a one percent chance. Like it's it's always there. It is, but. I don't know how you... Well, no, I do know how you feel about it, and you know how I feel about it to, to some extent. I just feel the only way out is through. But I, but I can't... The problem is I can't tell somebody else how to feel. And no, that, of that's course not. And that's the biggest problem is I can't tell you what you're safe with, what you feel secure. If you feel like 100,000 people in a stadium is, is bad, how do I go about doing that and still make you feel safe? How do I convince you of that? I was fascinated by something you told me, and it all goes back to the stadium issue. Everything is... Yeah, I, like we ran some of the numbers. You've been in Sanford when there's 92,000, by the way, and at halftime, how crowded are those concourses? It's wildly crowded. It, it's it's the nature of what happens. But we had talked about how you've had like the mayor of, of Miami who flat out said, by our data, by our research, by the, the trends of what we see, this thing was here during the Super Bowl. Like, it, it, we already had cases. We were already doing this. Here was the Super Bowl. Washington came out and said, hey, we may have had this the, the first week of January, the last week of December. We're looking at six weeks of football that we had with this here. And NBA. Like, don't stop there. NHL, it, it, NHL concerts, We, we had all of this going on. You're right. And so I, I guess that's where, you know, were we doing it from a, a state of ignorance? No. But the, the numbers, it, it's... Math doesn't change things. Yeah, you know, math two plus two on Mars is two plus two here, and the the way a virus goes, <laughs> it thought of that. It attacked the population in December of last year the same way it did in January, the same way it did in February. We just didn't start paying attention until March. Is it different for you with NFL and college football? Like, can you watch NFL without anybody in the stands at an NFL game? And feel the same way about a college game, or is it different to you? I I think it's a little bit different. There's a reason why I can watch NFL with no fans. Yeah, I, but there's a reason why Fox and Joe Buck have talked about they'll spend the money to give you that stadium experience. There's not going to be a lot of college football broadcasts where they go, "All right, let's figure out how to make this look like fifty thousand. To me, it just it the camaraderie of college football, or or the the passion and everything else, and maybe I'm too close to it being an SEC guy, but it just feels like I need that crowd there. Death Valley isn't Death Valley if no, it's, it's empty. Not. No, you know what I, I mean? I'm right there with you. It, it's not. And, and if we're talking about, here's this sectional use of the stadium. There's this many people here, this many people here. You have to creatively checkerboard that thing to where we get some sort of stadium experience. And then it goes to, well, who's in the stadium? Because in the past, it's been, you know, Daddy Big Bucks, who's made the contributions, who went to school back in the the 70s, he's the one in, well, guess what? You're the first one to risk it. Like, you are the big risk in this thing, according to the numbers in the age groups. You got to stay home. We got to make sure the student section is showing up over here. That that's It's a backwards way of thinking in, in college football for this year. I just need football. It's better it, off for me to put you in that stadium than Daddy Warbucks. It is. It, and, and you didn't it, pay the money that he did to make the program work. You didn't build the the indoor facility. He it, did. It is, but overall, I need college. I need football in my life, regardless whether there's fans or not fans, and it'll feel weird as hell. But I just I need it to happen. I can't, dude. I can't go into August and September and October without football. Like it, it. Yes, I love baseball. Baseball is my passion. It's always been my number one and everything else. Baseball comes and goes for me. And and it and it, you ride it with your team. 
Georgia could be an 0 and 10 team, and, and still I watching. still am watching I, every. Se- I have to have it on. Sa- I don't I, know what the hell I would do. I get it because I've seen you when the Giants have not been good, and That's you're like, fine. you're like, you know what? I'll watch it from afar, but I'm not dedicated to it. Georgia could be three and three. <laughs> And game seven, you're there like, we're going to win this thing. We're sitting there in overtime against Georgia Southern, and I'm just dog against Georgia Southern in overtime, which it shouldn't be there, everything else. And I'm dog cussing and living and dying on every play like it's the national championship. I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing to me, I, but I need, I need it. I'm with you. I watched the – on NFL Network, they had the – 2016, that was 2017 playoffs between the Cowboys and Packers when it was down to the last play, 51-yard field goal, and – the Packers move on to watch. Was that the Rogers bullshit throw down the sideline? The, yeah, where he was able yeah, to, to to get it out sorry. there to cook. Um, but to watch that and to see, there's the rookie version of Dak Prescott, who's a little bit doughy. <laughs> now to see the all right chiseled dude of Dak Prescott, but it was just cool just to see that's the rookie version of what I got. And you look at the numbers, watching the game, he outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Just they couldn't stop him early. They fell behind. Do we have a moment, or are you going to yell at me if we do I was, something else? I, I tell you what, when we come back, oh, damn it, let's I'm do something trouble. else. All right, when we're back, hear about your trouble. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. Is this a burp, or <laughs> is this Steak Shapiro's soul attempting to leave his body? Uh, <laughs> It's a Tuesday morning, and I'm steak, and this is the front row. <clears throat> Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. You're Good welcome. Morning. Thank you. You're welcome. Veterans here. Sandra's sick. Walking pneumonia. Good night. He's had a rough stretch, health-wise, to say the least. A lot of people getting sick these days, so I don't know when she'll be back, but Big Dan's in the house. Good morning. Ooh, how we doing? Yeah, turn it on the microphone. That's tough. To good do morning one. to you. Congratulations on good the morning. It feels good. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, but also too. I mean, you know, it's one of those things. Me and Finn talk all the time. About. How about Dan not paying any attention to the thing coming out of steak? <laughs> he just fought through it. Was Dan looking at him or just not even caring? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Chapter 22 of the Audio Fun Bag podcast, Los and Hoyt. Brought to you by Norman's Electronics, N-E-I-U-S-A.com. Ding. And and you can go there and get your vintage audio and video equipment serviced by them. If you have vintage equipment, which I would love to, everybody's getting into the, the whole vinyl rage and it's been out there for a while. If you have old equipment... So much better at this than me. They will get that taken care of. Also, who else? Who else? Hard vodka ice freezies. Hard ice vodka freezies. I'll figure it out. You're getting so much better. How do y'all do this? Is this just like a normal thing for you? You're just used to doing this? Like, yeah, I think so. I don't think I could ever bring us back, like on Chuck and Chernoff and Bucking Kincaid. Like I would last a good. It's like me in bed. I would last a good twenty seconds, and then I just burn out, and I'm done. Can I tell you how this happened? Honestly, how this happened. I don't know how I would. Chuck and Chernoff here, Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Fuck, I'm out of stuff to talk about. So it is <laughs> It is fall of 2015. Fall of 2015. Am I here? Yeah. I, oh, well, okay. I mean, we didn't do this together. Oh, okay. So the station had booked me and home team to be out at this bar that was far out 20. 
Like I'd just never been out to the area, and I was like, all right, well, I'll just get out there early, and I show up. It was Six Flags. Lowe's doesn't go very far outside the perimeter. I, I, I show up, and let's just say this. The bar is looking at me like, what the hell are you doing in here? And I'm not screaming like, hey, look, I'm screaming white guy. But yet, I am the different person in the bar. African-American or redneck? No, no, no. Very African-American. Okay. And, and, but the, every, <laughs> everyone turned and looked at me like I was the different weirdo. I was like, I was like, no, man, I'm I'm just here to do a show. Where's my boy Holmesy? <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, like, where's Tizzle? This is what it looked like. You know, who, where's the other dude that we're here to see? So th- what happened was that this was going to be after, and you imagine I'm wearing a cowboy jersey because I'm trying to do the thing. The Falcons and Cowboys were playing that afternoon. Uh, I was in, it was in Arlington. And the weird part about it was station management had had booked it. Here's where you're going to do. Here's where we're going to do the promo. I'm like, all right, sounds awesome. I get told, yeah, yeah, it'll be with you and home team. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of interesting because I thought he was going to the game. Well, sh- sure enough, oh, no. I start seeing on Twitter him walking into the building and everything. And I start realizing, man, I don't know if they know that he's not here. Like, I think they just booked it and didn't realize. So, Wait, did you do a solo show? So I'm out at this one bar <laughs> oh as the one person who's not home team being looked at like, like who is this dude and why is he in a Cowboy jersey during a Falcons-Cowboys game? I'm a minority too. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and so then I get, I get uh, uh, you know, Will Long. You yeah. know, sweet Will Long was there. Now he was the one weird, awkward white guy there. And they just looked at him kind of <laughs> like, who is this weird, bowl-cut-headed dude? So <laughs> He's 30 as a bowl-cut. <laughs> Will is a very original man. <laughs> So, as you can imagine, Will then starts the, oh, my God, like, home team's not coming. I'm like, no, he's not. He's in Arlington. He goes, well, should we call somebody else? Maybe we should call Nick. And immediately I go, nah, Nick is not the guy we should. He's first off, this is like an hour and a half from his house. He ain't coming out here. He's definitely not coming out here last minute. Well, hang on. How many other brothers are on 680 that you can call? Like, I, w- like, I wish I was, like, had fast-forwarded to, like, 2018, 2019. I could call Joe Ham and been like, Joe, I know you live around here. Come on out. We're going to do a show together. I, I would have been I would have been like, Brandon Joseph, let's go do this, man. Call any one of the Brandons at the station. This is better. So that, that didn't happen that way. So I did. An entire solo two-hour show. Oh, my God. Post-game. Now, it was the right team. Yeah, because Cowboys, the, you're fine. Because the two teams that I watch more than any in this entire world are the Cowboys and the Falcons. Every single weekend, those are the two teams I, I will watch and re-watch those teams. So doing that was easy to do. Like, if it was Raiders and Falcons, you might have been I'd, SOL. I'd have been in a lot more trouble because I would have not been able to talk about the Raiders <laughs> to the same extent. And so, yeah, I did two hours solo. And at that point, once you do two hours solo... On a bar that's already looking at you with kind of hostility over why are you in our bar in opposite people's gear and you're not a you know a, a regular here. By the end of the afternoon, people are like high fiving me because I'm flat out. Listen, you you kicked our ass, and I, I'm you know still going all over the speakers. Everybody enjoyed it, uh, but yeah, that's how I I got comfortable with in the craziest of situations. I got to host this thing solo and bring it back. See, at that point, I'm just calling Scotty five minutes before the show. I'm like, nah, we ain't doing this, dog. Like. Broadcast ain't working. It's going down. We're not doing this show. It does make for a good story, though. Absolutely. That's, I didn't know I'd ever told I'd you that. scare the hell out of I'm not doing that. Like, I, <laughs> there was there was one day, and you... Do you remember it was the bar up here, and you and I were going to do three hours solo? Well, solo, you and I. Yeah. And this is long before the podcast and everything else, and you were like, come on, Hoy, just do it with me. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a good time. And I'm like, Los... 
it's AFC NFC wild card weekend or something. I don't know NFL. I can't do this. I'm not. I think it was a lead into the NFL show at the time. You need to do it. It'll be fun. I'm like, I don't know jack about the NFL. I'm not doing this, Los. It'll be fun. You can do this. So I show up. Your ass calls me with five minutes before the show starts. I'm running late. I'm running late. (laughs) And my response, don't you effing do this to me. And so for the next five minutes, like, I go to sweating out of nowhere, like, profusely. (laughs) And I'm starting to think in my mind, like, all right, what are you going to say? And how are you going to say it? How are you going to open the show? And as soon as, like, the music hits and everything else, you come running in the door. I walked in right on time. And I've never been more excited aroused scared like it was it was this rush of emotions like oh thank god you just like you you, you just scared ejaculate oh, i did i didn't know what i oh my god oh my god oh god i'm sitting there talking to the producer back in the studio i'm like throw promos in throw promos phil i don't care what you do I right am, now i am flying to get there and i look because you told me on ways you were gonna be there eight minutes into the show i'm like eight minutes i gotta kill so i am like busting this thing as hard as i can i pull in with about 25 seconds before the show's about to start i've never first off i've never cut a weekend show that close <laughs> Like we've had times where, hey, I'll record something. We got something going on. Hey, I'll, 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 I'll be up there in thirty minutes. Or we, you know, we've had those scenarios. But I've never had a weekend show where I walk in after it's already started, and I didn't want to make it that one because it was you. And so as soon Thank as, you. as soon Thank as you. I come running in, I threw that set of headphones on, and the first thing, if I remember, we're laughing because we are laughing. We're laughing. I'm like, I'm like, I just rushed over. Oh, so and you're just looking at me like. Like of course you you've got you know scared ejaculate and yeah, you're, you're, you're wet me. and you're sweating and everything else and yeah you just kind of fought through it so that was that would have been that time for I'm you. I'm a really good three man. Like I'm a really good third person on the Saturday show. Not to my own horn. I can I can jump in with a little liner here, talk some college football. Oh my God! You asked me to run point. I am so screwed. You're the Lee Harvey of this radio station. That's, I'll take shots from the balcony all you're day like, long. You're like you're like you're like. Bam! Good joke! Ha-ha! All day long. That's your head! Ha-ha! That's, that's the way you do it. That's fine. Then you make me be professional and put on a tie and... Good afternoon. Back here on the fan. Well, neither one of us can actually do that. That's a really weird... So how'd you mess up? It wasn't a mess... I, I messed up because I didn't have you put it on the sheet. I know we got other stuff to get to. There is a guy out there, and I started following him on YouTube of all places... And he is a father. He's 36, if I remember the story correct. And this is cool as hell to me. He grew up without a father. And he's putting videos out for people growing up without fathers. Because I grew up without a father. My dad died. Oh, we're doing the couch thing again. Oh, my dad died when I was 13. And blah, Brian Sadden. But okay, he's doing something that, that touches you. He teaches gentle, or men how to tie a tie. Cool. How to unclog the drain. How to... Fix this, how to do that. And it's it's about a hundred videos of what your dad should have taught you. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome because there's multiple times I've talked to you and home team on weekends, like, how did you learn to shave? Because nobody ever taught me to shave in my entire life, as I you had can to figure, tell. I had to figure it out. Your dad like, didn't teach you? No, because there were certain things that I didn't feel comfortable with. Because my dad and I had a, had an interesting dynamic because this isn't birds and the bees, this is shaving. No. Dad is also coach, and uh, and I'm also as as like you know lead player this and this. I also don't want to come across as weak or idiotic to my dad. 
So there were things that I just went, I, I, I got to look into this myself but and figure it out. Well, this was long before YouTube, so I don't know how you figured it out, but you're not supposed to know how to do that. Like, you know, I know. No, you're right. That's a 15, cool thing. you're not supposed to know how to do that. And so, I don't know. I just found the video. I, I, there are certain things, and we talk about all the time, that men are supposed to do. Like, the other day, I pressure washed the driveway. I've never learned how to pressure wash in my entire life. You just fake it till you make it, and Lisa bought me one, and I'm pressure washing the driveway, and you feel like a man, and you pound your chest. I learn everything now on YouTube. And yeah, it, me too. I thought it was a really cool thing that this guy is doing that we're not passing down our legacies to our son. We talked about fishing, whether last episode or two episodes ago, that that was something passed down from my stepdad to me. But he's got a, like a video on tutorial on, hey, here's how you learn to fish if you don't grow up with a dad. And I was like, what a cool freaking thing to do because I feel like there's a generation of kids, even if you have a father, it's an awkward conversation to have that... You're learning from YouTube and somebody else on YouTube. Well, we've also gone through a period where we were at war for 20 years. I mean, th- there are a lot of dads that so would have been here that, that have passed on over over defending this country for a long time. I, I love the idea, and I started thinking to myself how many things that I've had to teach myself and like, what, what I've been telling, explaining to my daughters on things. Where did you learn to tie a tie? That I think I got from my dad. I, in fact, I'm pretty sure he helped me with the first time because that was not— which is a cool moment between a father and a son. I don't know why. Yeah. But it's like, and maybe not growing up with a dad, it reminds me of like your first beer with your dad. Your first illegal beer with your dad. Not the legal one, but like, hey, you're 18, pop this open, let's sit on the deck. Las Vegas. My dad and I, that was the first time I ever sat down, had a beer with dad. That's Like cool. a, a legal beer, that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I don't know, like as a guy who has daughters, because you have sons, so you're going to have these sorts of things. As a guy with daughters, I spend so much more time telling them how to mentally handle things, you know, what, how to go about stuff. You know, my daughters aren't like, Dad, tell me how to uh, in, in install this tile work. Show me how to work the wet saw. Like, that's that's not what they're into. They are like, how did you handle this situation? How do I build a bookshelf? Um, yeah, hey, how do I do floating shelves? It's more like, like, hey, Dad, did you ever uh, feel weird about liking video games this much? Did you ever feel... Uh, like it was too much to play sports and also do this. There's just a lot of stuff like that. You know where your knowledge is going to come in, though, is, Dad, how does a guy think? Why does he yeah. act like this? Like, that's going to be the big thing for you on why does he do this? Why does he act like this? And you're probably going to tell him because we're all idiots. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, listen, they're all idiots <laughs> and assholes, including your dad. In fact, we're all trying to get into your pants, and that'll continue until right around like 45 or 50, and we might calm down. You've said Maybe. that, not me, because they're your daughters. No, I mean as far as guys are. Oh, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm just saying I wasn't going to make that comment because they're no, your daughters, that's, and I wasn't going to think about that. I, I, I tell my kids all the time, so stupid will ruin your weekend. Like, stupid pulls out in, in the middle of traffic and, and dents your car. Stupid drives 45 miles an hour in the left-hand lane and then suddenly yanks it over when you try and go around him. You have to always be aware of stupid. The same thing is with guys. We all operate on this lowest common denominator level, and all you want to do is just make sure your daughter finds a guy that treats her as well or better than you. That's it. (laughs) That is the whole goal. That is it. Guys, it's totally different. Your sons, you're going to be like, y'all are idiots, but you're my idiots. (laughs) And I can't wait to make sure that you at least be somewhat decent. Just don't kill your brother. That's my thing. I'm yeah. like, Lisa Lisa loses her mind. Be- I know we got to get to something. Lisa loses her mind because, like, Grayson pushes Colton over. I'm like, it happens. Brothers are brothers. Let them figure this out. They're, they're, they're going to beat up on each other. They're going to be rough, everything else. 
We went to Asheville two weekends ago, and we found a playground set in someone's backyard. And when I say, like, neck, these people were neck. So they had a five- and a seven-year-old, and their kids come out wearing no shoes, running through the woods, <laughs> into a creek, and everything else. My son has never run on ground without shoes. Like, mommy's going to protect him and everything else. I'm looking at these kids' feet, and they are black. Like, they're because they just they, get they, out. They get outside, yeah. And all of a sudden, Grayson takes off his shoes and starts running in the creek and picking up rocks and looking for hermit crabs. I was like, you need more of that in your life. Like, I want you, like, fall down in the damn creek. Like, get soaking wet. Be, be hurt. Cry about it. Then get up and move along. There's a zip line and a tire swing. Five-year-old's going on the zip line. Seven-year-old gets on the tire swing, swings across, kicks his brother right in the face, yeah. knocks him off the zip line. I was like, Does anybody see that? No, you know what? That was kind of badass. That was kind of cool. Like, like I like that part of being a brother. You need to get knocked down. My thing for my girls, though, so my nine-year-old is supersized. She's, she, she hit five <laughs> foot. She's five foot as a nine-year-old right now. I'll take the XL daughter, yeah. Then my five-year-old, who's also tall for age and everything else, but... There, there's a three, three and a half year difference in those two. So one of them can supremely kick the other one's ass. Now, as they both get a little bit older and suddenly it's like 12 and 15, okay, we're going to get a little closer to this sort of deal. But I have to tell the older one, listen, you can pound your sister into submission, so can you just not do it? And then the problem is, my five-year-old <laughs> wants to fight her daughter, her, her older sister. I know. Like, she wants to get a piece of that. I'm like, I, I always have to tell her, listen, I know you want to hit your sister, She's showing restraint by not kicking your butt. It's the big ass dog and the little chihuahua. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Like, that's, it, that's how they it, act it to each kill other. Him, but let them yap. Let them keep going. I'm sorry. I've got us distracted. We're supposed to throw to a fun bag moment. What no, are we doing actually, here? look. See, that was them on the beach. See, every now and then they do love each other a little bit. But yeah, that's that's that. No, we're actually done for tonight. I thought we were throwing to like a fun bag moment. No, we were going to do three segments and we'll do some fun bag moments. You know which ones aired tonight? I don't know if you heard them because you were you're busy talking to your. Your significant other, your lovely wife. Were you eavesdropping on my conversation with Lisa? Your mic was on, idiot. What do you think? I can hear you in the control room while I'm on while I'm trying to cut up stuff. It's no. A little rude, you pervert. We had the uh, dirty talk. Yeah, I know. I heard you. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna, I recorded. I'm about gonna air the, it about the DH. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Harold Baines. Oh God. Uh, no, we did the uh, the the car hitting Sweet Pea. Whitaker. Oh, God, no. Yeah, and we also did the steak when he had that giant cough thing while Dan Matthews was trying to talk. So that's what aired tonight. And God bless Dan, but Dan just ruins it because Dan just keeps talking. Like, there's something in radio about... The perfect layout, the stop down of yes, what happened. And embrace the awkwardness. And Dan is like, I'm on, I'm on a microphone. I got to keep talking. Everybody, nobody's talking. I got to keep talking. Why is no one talking? Even though Steak has just coughed his soul <laughs> out of his body and is like trying to pick it up to stick it back in his mouth. Because I believe it was right when the show started. It was right at the top. And so you got it. It's like your morning poop. Like you just got to get it out of you right in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> There is that one. My two favorite steak noises. That one. And there is one where they're on site and steak does it and just starts going, dump it, dump it. And he just starts yelling, dump it at Nerny. And Nerny, bless his soul, did not listen to steak. He no, no, did not remember, dump he it. He dumped it, but he saved it for us. Oh, that's what that's it That's what happened. Yeah. He's, he's our inside man. It always works for us. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. All right. Take us out, Los. I said take us out. But you're just walking away.
Norman's Electronics. It's good when you mix it with hard ice, vodka, freezies. Oh my god, dude, I got them both! <laughs>